how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Hey everyone, back with another episode. As we mentioned, we're gonna be a little infrequent with our podcast uploads as right now we're focusing on YouTube videos and some of our longer form projects. But whenever we can, we'll pick up the mics and update you guys on where we're at, what we're thinking about, and what's going on in the world of Colin and Samir. So on this episode, we reflect on the year, give you an update on what's to come, and start with an exercise that I borrowed from another podcast. All right, let me ask you a question. Hit me. If you could prescribe to everyone in the world to do one thing for 30 days, what would that thing be? Man, they had okay. to do they had to do one thing every day for 30 days. My mind went to morning routines because I feel like you always see that on YouTube like this is my morning routine and I did it for 30 days or whatever like morning pages or getting up and meditating 30 days could be anything it, it, it could be it could be anything it could be eating pasta for 30 days it could be well what, now that you said pasta what's like the colin rosenblum prescription like 30 days you know the only thing i can think that i've ever done for 30 days was becoming vegetarian oh that's the only thing that i was ever like i'm gonna try and do this for 30 days and i actually did it um but I would challenge someone or I would challenge myself to get up every morning by 6.30 a.m. and do something active. That's great. I did that this morning. Good for you. It's a really good thing. Actually, there's all kinds of studies that say that working out is, yes, it's, it has to do with physical, but it's in, so good for your mental well-being and like mm. your creativity. And once I heard that, I was like, oh, I should do that in the morning so that the rest of my day, I'm like set up in a way. And I don't know, it could be placebo, but it's been really working for me. I don't think anyone I'll, would argue that getting up and working out is like not healthy. Yeah, but I'll tell you that the moment the alarm goes off, it sucks. I got up at 5.45 this morning, it sucked. I hated it. Yeah. I got up and I was like, why do I do this? Why am I like this? And then I just forced myself out. And then once I get going, I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I think I was telling you yesterday, I plan my mornings according to the first thing that I have to do. So like if I have something that I have to be at at 8 a.m., I'll get up at 7. If I have something that I have to do at 11, eh, I'll push it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, until it's just like... Interesting. Yeah. Like I, don't, I have no routine. Yeah, so uh, um, <clears throat> I'm going to build on this question. I'll say this. If I was to prescribe 30 days, everyone has to do this thing, I would say write. Like you have to write one page a day every morning before you look at your phone. Hmm. And the reason why is that I don't do this every day. I'm not, I'm not some guy who's like just really nailing my morning routine every morning. I, I occasionally in a week, two or three days out of the week, I just nail it. I'm like so excited about my morning. Um, but when I write, it is one of the closest things to therapy that I think I've experienced 
where you have this internal dialogue that plays out on paper and you don't know what you're going to write next because you're free writing and it's just coming out of your head. And I think a lot of frustration and sometimes anxiety and, and stuff like that is just stuff that's like sitting in your mind. And it, it doesn't have any place to get out if you aren't talking to someone about it or you're not. So I think just writing for 30 days, like I did it once, which was earlier this year. I wrote for 30 days straight. Amazing. You know what I think is actually similar to that that I think of is walking without headphones. Mm, that's hard for me, but that's It's really difficult. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't have a car for two years and there were some times when I wouldn't have headphones. And when I would walk longer distances without music in my ears or a podcast... Eventually, you just have to entertain yourself. And so things come out and you start thinking about things that otherwise you wouldn't have if you were listening to music or a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think writing is a similar type of thing because mm -hmm. you're not listening to anything else. You're just sort of stream of consciousness. I'm always you... listening to music. Oh, you listen to music? Yeah, in morning I, pages? Like, yeah I listen hmm. to music. I have a morning pages playlist. Wow. But that's, that's a good note. I mean, I know Matt, Matt Dyer from Yes Theory. He works out with no headphones because he says he wants to kind of be free of that. Yeah. Experience and like just be kind of in his own head, like meditative. I've been doing that as well lately. Um, and by lately, I mean like a week and a half ago, I worked out once. But, the, uh, but I didn't uh, have how headphones. Much of, yeah, how much of that is because you lost your AirPods? A hundred percent of it's okay, because I lost right. my... Well, <laughs> so first off, my AirPods thought. were stolen out of yeah. my car. Hey, that's something that happened that we've never talked about. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we dive in? Uh, no, I mean, not, it's yeah, not that I'm, much I'm, of a story. I, yeah, I'm working towards something here. So okay. Just, but yeah, no, I mean, because my AirPods are no longer with me, I have been working out and walking longer distances without music. Just because you don't want to be seen with a wire? I, yeah, I couldn't be caught dead. <laughs> no. I go into the gym with a wire every morning, and I think people look at me as like, what are you from? Like, I thought you have AirPods. No. Oh, those were... Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Those weren't yours. You didn't you have someone else's for a short period of time? Uh -huh. I had Katie's for a little bit. I had like yeah, I I, I had some, but I don't have AirPods. Sucks. You won't you won't allow yourself to get AirPods? No. Yeah, I won't. Do you want to get into that? Well, I lost them last December. I haven't had AirPods for a year. I lost them, and as a kind of <laughs> not punishment to myself, but I guess motivation motivation for myself. I was like, I'm not gonna get AirPods until I hit a certain amount of money, amount of money in my bank account. So yeah, not that I can't, not that I don't have a hundred dollars to buy AirPods, but I just wanted to use it as motivation. Kind of a weird flex, um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, yeah, you know, as creative partners, what's one thing you would prescribe me to do for 30 days? Like, as you look at me, you're like, man, if you just do this for 30 days and like, that would be really beneficial to our partnership. Well, you, you couldn't do this every day, but I would tell you one day a week, don't put anything on your to-do list. That would be really hard. That'd be so yeah. difficult for you. That'd be really hard. Yeah. Because I would put, yeah, that would be really hard. I mean, it would be impossible. You would fill it up by the end of the day just by like someone would call well, you. I've noticed that days when I have nothing on my to-do list... I think I'm doing nothing, but I'll like clean my car, clean my room. Like I, yeah. I'm, uh, they, they talk about it. Yes. Live. Like it's definitely that addiction to just doing something. Yeah. And it's not good or bad. It's not like I'm above everyone. Cause I like to accomplish things. It's actually kind of an, it's like an addictive thing where you just feel like you don't feel worth something if you aren't accomplishing. Or I would tell you 
do one task a day really, really well. Yeah. And maybe you can be one work task and one personal task, but not eight work tasks and 15 per, like personal tasks. That is... I would say focus on one every day. That's something I would, I would love to just challenge myself to do because I also believe that that is... Um, that would create so much more meaningful work. Yeah. I think you and I have seen that recently. I'm, of course, if you're, if you're a fan of ours, if you watch our videos, you probably notice we haven't been posting that much. Now, that's for a multi, like multiple reasons. Um, but one of them is to spend more time on the ideas and kind of create more meaningful pieces. And not just post to post, but to really think through what we're making and make it as impactful as we possibly can. Yeah, and something interesting is we were at Vid Summit last week, uh, which is a popular video conference with a bunch of different YouTube creators who go and speak. And it was great. There were people there that, you know, either we knew from YouTube or that watched our work. But, you know, of anything, of all the work that we've done over the past couple months, sort of having our head down and putting out more YouTube videos than we ever have, the two things that people brought up were, one, your engagement, Mm -hmm. huge life news, but it happened like... In December. Ages ago. Yeah. And our David Dobrik video, Mm -hmm. which sure, it was our biggest video, but we had so many other things happen. And it kind of made me realize like, oh, well, maybe we should just focus on making another video that we really care about where the script is really tight, like David Dobrik. And even if it takes us three weeks to do, let's wait and Mm -hmm. put put that out because clearly that's, it's more, it sticks with people. Right. And it travels more throughout like the zeitgeist yeah that's true and that's uh that's definitely something that's a good thing to challenge challenge myself to do i I like that as a prescription do one task every day like one work task every day i think that's a good one did you bring this up because you have one for me no i actually i'm like now panicked because i don't have a specific one for you but i okay i think it would just be to develop a morning routine yeah yeah i think that's it's simple i think it would be to like Uh, go to bed with a purpose the night before. And even if that purpose isn't um, directly work-related, but like your purpose is that you're going to make it to the gym at 6 a.m. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that, and and waking up early doesn't have to be a part. It's not like, I don't think waking up early is such a huge thing that's like, oh, you're not successful if you don't wake up early. Um, I just think that you would, Based on my experience with you, I think you would really enjoy having accomplished something by 8 a.m. Yeah. The feeling of that. I've done it before. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think trying to do it 30 days straight, like just being like 30 days after these 30 days, whatever. But 30 days, I'm going to do the exact same thing every morning. Impossible. You think? (laughs) Yeah, it's 100%. (laughs) 100 percent yeah 100 percent yeah it'd be a good try because i would value too many things over accomplishing that goal Hmm. i just think like whenever yeah and again this is subject it's relative because it's me like when out of my experience when i do the like i'm back home by 7 30 after a workout and then i have make breakfast and i'm writing by 8 a.m and i'm like hitting my to-do list by 8 30 or 9 it's just like 
more clarity comes to me and it's not that I've figured everything out. It's just that I like emotionally can handle things more and mentally can handle things more Then when that doesn't happen. I feel yeah. it feels like it's, it's like overwhelming for me. Everything's overwhelming for me. I, I felt lately like sort of like you wake up and you know, generally you have like an emotional capacity to handle a certain amount of things that yeah. come t- and happen to you throughout the day, whether it's like, traffic or getting a ticket or like eating a bad meal just those things that like slowly sort of Mm -hmm. pick at you and i felt lately like i have less available like my fuse will get hit in a quicker amount of time me too i felt like that too and uh it's it's just so interesting i think that's that's the path to burnout too though you know yeah it's like the 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 inability to handle a lot of the frustration because it's a regular amount of frustration. There's like a regular amount of frustration, confusion when you're on a career path like ours. There's a regular amount. We're like trying to come up with the ways that this all works every day. And sometimes it changes, right? Like you're trying to always come up with like, well, maybe this is the way that it works. Maybe this is the way that it works. Like we have not been set on a super, super defined path ever. Uh, or ever meaning in the past three years. So I think that's like, there's a certain amount of frustration that's just going to be there every single day. And then your ability to cope with it is based on like other factors, variable factors. Yeah. So before we go any further, the 30 days thing, I got that from short story long, which is a dramas podcast. He asks every guest at the end of it. Um, what would they prescribe the world to do for 30 days? And I think it's a great question. So I wanted to start with that. That is a really good question. I think question. it's such a good question. It's, it's really cool. It's I like, don't remember what my answer was already, but. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I don't either, yeah. but I, I'd, I'd like to change it to getting outside and walking without headphones. So. Oh, that was your answer. What, was it? Yeah. <laughs> am, am I that tired? That was that your old? answer. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm positive. Well, I'm going to prescribe it again. Were you about to go through the whole thing about your AirPods? No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember that I said that. Okay. <laughs> but was that my original 30-day prescription? No, you said something before. I said that, something different. But it wasn't memorable, yeah. We're losing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like play back the tape and see what I said. I actually have no idea. Oh, that's really good. Do you? No, I have no idea. Well, must yeah. have been really important. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't memorable. But the... Uh... <laughs> How am I supposed to keep a 30-day routine? <laughs> I can't even remember what I said 10 minutes ago. That's really good. What's been the most creatively stimulating thing you've seen or experienced in the past uh, two months, three months? I don't know. Thing that you can remember. Um, I'm going to start with yesterday because clearly my memory is not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. But obviously we've been working a lot. Uh, and, you know, one of the stories that we've been following and is Mike Posner walking across the country. Mike Posner is a recording artist. And he experienced a lot of fame early on when he was in college and then sort of hit some personal trauma and decided I'm going to walk across the United States on foot. And he finished recently, but you and I have been watching a lot of his content recently. Yeah. We've been watching a lot of his content, listening to a lot of his music and and full transparency. We're pitching on making a movie about it. Okay. I didn't know if we could say that. Yeah. Let's say it. Who knows if it'll come to life, but let's put it into the universe. We're, we're, we're trying to, to develop a pitch to make a movie about it. Yeah. So we're putting a pitch deck together and, I didn't realize how much of a, of a poet he really is. And something that stuck with me was, I mean, mainly just across the board, his quotes have stuck with me a lot. But he said something like, 
you know, everyone wants you not to think about the fact that you're going to die, but why? Because the second you understand your mortality or the second you realize you're about to die, that's when you can start to live. Just felt like, I don't know, like that one hit me. Uh, no, I like that one. He's, he's very poetic. Yeah. Um, but lately, honestly, Mike Posner has just been a huge like creative inspiration. Hmm. If you listen to his most recent album, there's like a voicemail from P. Diddy. That's really cool. I should probably pull it up. Yeah, let's play it. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, again, like look into his story. It's, it's really powerful. Uh, and I won't tell you the whole thing because hopefully we get to make this movie and then we'll tell it to you there. But yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the uh, let me pull this up. It's so cool. Okay, in the meantime, Colin, anything else creatively stimulating? No. Okay, That's All right, it. here it is. <laughs> hey, Mike. This is your boy, Diddy here. I know you're about to go on this journey. I want you to remember one foot in front of the other, step by step. God is with you, he told me. You're inspiring the world. You're doing something that's going to make a difference. But you know what you're really doing? You're putting your heart on the line, boy, for something you believe in. So don't stop. Never stop. Never quit. You can do it. You're doing it. Look at you, kid. You walking across America. Damn, you a bad motherfucker. Never stop. Keep going. Never stop. Keep going. Never stop. Keep going. So, yeah, that's like a really inspiring <laughs> voicemail. I think because of what he's talking about, he's like... Mike, when he starts in New Jersey, he walks from New Jersey to Venice Beach. When he starts in New Jersey, he has a very overwhelming amount of work to do to get to Venice Beach, right? He's trying to walk to Venice Beach. That's across, that's across the whole country. That's really significant. So it's very inspiring to hear him say one foot, then the next foot, because you really start to realize in the middle of that journey, how easy is it to feel like, like in that proverbial journey? How easy is it to feel like a failure in the middle of your journey? And a lot of times it's just impatience. It's not failure. A lot of times you're just like, oh man, I'm, I never got there. But you're like in the middle. Or maybe you're 25% of the way there. And it's so easy to feel like you're never going to make it. But a lot of times it's just rec not, not being able to actually recognize that you're on the path. And that you just put one foot down and the next and the yeah. next. I think you're right. I mean, I think in our case, there's a lot of impatience. A ton. But there's also like the feeling that what does it mean when I get there? What is there? Like for Mike Posner, right? He ends in Venice beach. Like he has an end location where he's finished this journey. I mm -hmm. feel like for us, sometimes it's like really daunting because I'm impatient, but I don't even know what am I impatient for? Right. Yeah. I, I do think though that based on our history, there's no question why we're impatient. We were 22 years old. And started on a path with a company. By the time we were 24, the company had been acquired. Yeah, that was too fast. That's really fast, man. If your only frame of reference, which really ours is, is that you come up with an idea, <laughs> you start it, and then someone picks up the phone and calls you and wants to buy your company, that's a pretty crazy turn of events, right? So, like, that is, uh, 
that frame of reference is just something that I think has set us up for a lot of impatience. Because what's the other, what's the other frame of reference? Nothing. Everything happened really fast for us. Yeah, I guess for me, though, the difference is like being 20, it was like uh, there was no pressure for me to, sure. to get anywhere mm-hmm. necessarily. Now I feel a lot of pressure. Me too. Yeah. Do you feel like this year specifically has, how much do you feel like you've aged this year in maturity maybe? Let me remind you, where yeah, do you think well, where, where, where where we, you think we were Jan 1? Honestly, I can't remember which year this is. Is this the, the, this isn't the, this is the BuzzFeed year. Okay. But it's not the beam year. The Jack Coin Chronicles year. No, no. That's two years ago. No, no. That's two years ago now. Exactly. I don't even know what all this is. What happened this year? Uh, in January, we did a dopamine fast. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, let's exp- should we explain what that is? Have we ever explained what that is? No, we've never talked about that. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. So we got an accepted Just into this pro- program for BuzzFeed to develop a pilot uh, concept that I guess supposedly was going to go out on, on BuzzFeed's platforms. And we came up with an idea to do uh, an episode of The Breakdown, which you know is our show, obviously, that we do on YouTube, where we break down topics. And at some point, we shifted to do one about mental health. And it was going to be sort of like breaking down ourselves. Yeah, and I think testing out different things. Testing out things to feel better. Had, yeah, people had suggested to feel better. Big like trends on the internet. So we tried out this one trend called a dopamine fast, which you, if you search on YouTube, you can see actually other people have done it. Um, but basically it's uh, for 24 hours, no food, no phone, no reading. Nothing. Just Nothing water. that might induce dopamine. No hanging out with people. Yeah, no talking. <laughs> it sounds so crazy when you say it. It is crazy. But we did it for a day. And we it, did it for longer, remember? I guess you're only supposed we, to do it for like... We did it for 24 hours. But you're supposed to do it for like uh, a little bit less than that. Oh, because we... Yeah, yeah, we did it for longer. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, yeah. that's what happened at the beginning of this year. We well, both did that and then just like... And it was frightening. I was, was living by myself at yeah, the time. It was crazy. And, uh, yeah. and we were also filming ourselves do it alone. And, yeah. Uh, so that footage exists somewhere or maybe oh, not. Oh, yeah, it exists. Maybe it got stolen. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we were doing at the beginning of the year. And basically, the thing is, we did this whole day, 24 hours separately, not talking to anyone. Both went a little bit crazy doing it. Yeah. Felt really uncomfortable. Uh, Spent the entire next day talking to each other for 24 hours straight at a coffee shop to, like, compensate. Yeah, Yeah, to decompress. Um, And long story short, that footage went nowhere. Yeah, we didn't even make a show. It was so weird that we didn't make a show out of it. And then a different YouTuber... Made a video doing the same thing, and he got like 1.5 million views. <laughs> we definitely should have made the video about it because it's so interesting. It was an interesting thing uh, to just like look back on. Yeah, the idea is you take everything away, yeah, and then you reintroduce reintroduce things and let your. Uh, it also like it's like a diet. Yeah, once you have no distractions, whatever your problems are, you kind of have to think about them. Yeah, you're faced with your own. Thoughts. It has to do with walking around without headphones in. Yeah, same type of thing. Yeah, just yeah. to the extreme. So that was January. Yes. In March, we went to New York to screen stuff in BuzzFeed. To screen what we eventually came up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In May, we shot our NBC doc. I'm just trying to remind you what this year was. Okay. In February, we made the Wim Hof doc. In August, we made the uh, Lost Pyramid. That's this year. Okay. 
And what did we do? Any thoughts? Oh, September we did YouTube. What did we do? After Lost Pyramid, Uh we focused on YouTube. We focused on YouTube, Mm -hmm. hit 100,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. In October, we've been making pitch decks for more docs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year and a really short one. Yeah. It feels really short to me. Yeah, a lot's happened this year. Yeah, a lot's happening, but it feels, it feels really short. So the question was like, what, le- what do you think? I guess the question is, what's the takeaway from this year? Like, what do you, as, as the year comes to kind of a close soon, considering I'm leaving in De- on December 1 uh, for a month. I'm going to India, by the way, in case anyone's going to be there. Hit me up. But what's the takeaway for you this year? Uh, you know, in, in Mighty Ducks, when Charlie Conway, mm. you watch Mighty Ducks? Of course. I right. love Mighty Great Ducks. Great Disney yeah. movie, hockey team. Charlie Conway is like yeah. the captain. He uh, is tasked with like scoring the game-winning goal in a shootout at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You see, he's got the puck and it's just him and the goalie. And the first time he, he goes to score in like the beginning of the movie... He doesn't make a move. He takes way too long as he's skating towards the goalie and he kind of hesitates and the goalie just saves it. At the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he gets the puck again in a shootout to win the championship. It's just him and the goalie and he brings it up to the goalie um, and he had learned throughout the middle of the season he had been yelled at by like his coach or something by Bombay. He was like, better make a first move, Conway. Mm-hmm. And it's basically saying like, got to make a move. Yeah. Like time to make a move. You're heading towards the goalie. Right. Like you already messed it up one time just make your move. And I feel like that's what I'm feeling. Like the end of the year is the goal and I'm Charlie Conway and there's like a couple different routes my life could take, but I just got to make a move. That's good. Thank you. I like that. That was good. Hope everyone stuck with me there. (laughs) That snaps on this side for that, like Charlie Conway. Yeah. Mighty ducks poem. So go ducks. Quack, quack. (laughs) (laughs) Was that knuckle puck? Yeah, well, yeah. no, uh, that was, I mean, I'm, that not, was not that Thompson's moment, character. but I'm just saying knuckle puck was in my ducks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I like that. For me, I think it's just, uh, the concept of focus that whatever you do is what you attract. So when you really think about it, if you think like, oh, if I just do this, then it'll lead me to that. It's not necessarily going to happen if they are tangential or like, yeah, or adjacent it only happens if it's exactly that thing. Like if it, it was told to me about movies uh, back when I started editing and I, the guy who I was working for asked me, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to produce. And he was like, why are you editing? I was like, well, if I edit this movie, then maybe I can produce another one. He's like, that doesn't, that's not how it works. Yeah. If you do, if you edit this one and let's just say you do a good job, you'll just get hired as an editor. Yeah. So if you think you're going to become a producer by editing, Yes, maybe it could happen, but one day you're going to have to just produce a movie and then you start at zero again. Like it's good to understand editing, but start yeah. producing. And so when you, when you take a step back, it's like if there's something you want to do, focus on that thing and then you will do more of that. But if, you, if there's something you want to do and you're like, let me do this first and that might lead me there, it's, it's pretty unlikely that that'll happen. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is the, that's a huge lesson for me is just focus, like staying in your lane, just like deciding on a lane, staying in it, focusing and just being like, the more I do this, the more it will lead me to more of that. 
I, th- I think a lot of what I'm being affected by too, though, is like financial, like the choice between like, do I want to continue sustaining in the unknown or progressing hopefully financially on a known path? So like sustaining in the unknown would mm. be filmmaking. Yep. And like, maybe we sus- like you, hopefully you sustain. Yeah. But like, you only make so many films a year and like the way you get paid is cloudy sometimes. And like, like we're not in the advertising business necessarily like we used to be. Right. We're in the filmmaking business. Yeah. The advertising business is a little bit more concrete. Uh, It's way, I mean way more, not not as concrete in terms of how you come up with your rates, but way more concrete in terms of the fact that like, yeah, you're, you're doing something that's a tangible service service. for other people that people when you're filmmaking, you're at a disadvantage because people know that like this is art and you want to do it. Right. So and when you want to do something, it's like we were talking, like everyone uh, has been talking to us lately about music videos. So people, a lot of people, young creatives do music videos in LA, but they don't get paid for them. Or they get paid very little. Yeah. Or they get paid very little. Or, the, yeah. The, the, it's because, all just kind of, yeah. Because they're artists and they've expressed that they like want to be doing this work yeah. and they get to work with big artists. And I, I wonder how much longer... I'm interested or can feasibly go on doing work in an effort to sustain with the hope that somehow down the line, a business model, which has never been proven to me in person that like, you'll make tons of money. Of course it happens in filmmaking. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's all speculative. Filmmaking is like the most speculative business. Even at the top scale, there's speculation. Even at the top scale, it's if I put Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese, and George Clooney in this movie, it should equal, the data shows that that should equal ticket yeah. sales. There's a possibility it doesn't. Yeah. So there's a possibility, like films like that, you might invest $100 million and nothing happens. I think what worries me though, is this is what I was telling you, that when I get stressed financially, my first thought is, how can I, it's not how can I make more money. It's what's a cool idea. Like I just haven't come up with the coolest idea yet. Right. And like, that worries me that like at my core, I am not entrepreneur. I am, uh, someone who cares about creating and making things. Yeah. Cause someone who cares about money would not be doing this. This is not the path. No, but then the question, the, the, the question is the alternative, right? The question is the alternative is, is, and I'm not arguing one way or the other. The question just lies in like, okay, so what is the alternative? Like what, what would I, what else, you know, of course there's a lot of other options theoretically. Um, but I think that's the question. And if, if the alternative is not, this is what someone told me about acting is that if you cannot do anything else, not meaning you aren't capable of doing anything else, but if you just cannot do anything else, then you just have to be in it. And you just have, have you decided there's nothing else you can do? No. Yeah. I'm just saying this is that's that's theoretically you have to think about. I don't think I've thought of what a, a realistic alternative is for me. Yeah. And and there is this thing that you go up and down with filmmaking because the of course the financial component as you get older, you're like, ooh man, like f- filmmaking is this weird like speculative business of like sometimes it works out really well and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it's hot and that, cold. it takes forever to make these things yeah. so like the your payment schedule is like four or five months away it even takes time to invest in creating an idea yeah which yeah again yeah for sure it's, it's like it's been a, four months taking a shot and doesn't pan out financially right it's like uh where am i now right do i have the time to take another four months yeah 
Like it's just stressful. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is tough to go to bed with every night, even though like everything's fun and cool and exciting. Yeah. It's like, how far does fun and cool and exciting get you? Yeah. How long do you value that over everything else? Yeah. How long do What's, you value fun and cool and exciting? And I feel very lucky to have the, spent years doing fun and cool and exciting. There's a great um, artist that we both like named Cataldo who sings a song called White Lighter. And he's, you know, an artist in his... 32. He's 32 years old. Um, so kind of an our age bracket. But he uh, he sings this song called White Lighter, which is about kind of keeping the flame alive of, of being an artist. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who tours. He's, he does not have a big following. No. But we both he's married. He's 32. Yeah. So, touring all over the country, playing pretty small shows right now. Right. But that song is so the, it, it like talk, has all these concepts about keeping that flame alive. Just being like, he said something at the concert we went to where he was like, you know, I just want to do the band, you know, <laughs> yeah, he said yeah. something like that where he was, just, and I, I connect with that feeling so much where like you go to bed and you're like, Oh man, like there's so many other ways to like live a lifestyle where I'm not staying up all night and where I'm making more money and where I'm like, you know, where I could do all these different things. But then you, all, I, for me at least, I wake up some mornings, I'm like, I just want to do the band, you know, or I'm like, I just want to make a cool video with Colin or yeah, like, yeah. With, I want to get together with Yes Theory and shoot something interesting. Like, yeah. Or yeah. I want to fly somewhere and, and go on an RV trip with Jack Coyne. Like, you, you still have this feeling of like, oh, of course. I just want to do the band. You know, I, I connected with that so much when he said yeah. that. Because um, like, what if there is a world where you can do the band and it like all makes sense? You know, that's, that's the yeah. thing that's keeping the white lighter lit, at least in his song that like in your mind, it's like, yeah, it's like the luxury of doing kids stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's sure. so much fun. And if you could make it work, it's like being in a band. Like, wouldn't it be incredible if you could get paid to do this? Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is that it, it happens for some people. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. And, and the crazy thing about entertainment is that it happens at such a massive scale when it, when to some people it happens. Yeah. You know? I think you really have to believe to do it. You really have to wake up every day and, and try and get off the shaky ground of your own mind and be like, no, I'm, I am sustaining, but these are all the right decisions. That's a hard place to get to. That's the toughest thing. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's an easy place to get to, but I think that if you have that, then you can see the light at the end. And you, then you, you have that message from Diddy that plays every morning. That's just like one foot, then the next foot. The next one, and you're like, okay, yeah, Diddy, you're right. Like, let me keep going, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. But it, 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 a lot of it comes down to purpose and knowing your why. Yeah. It's also like, it's so easy to feel like you're drowning and yeah. so difficult to feel like you're on top of the world. Like, mm-hmm. to feel like mm-hmm. you're on steady mm-hmm. ground can be, can feel like it's so unattainable, mm-hmm. but it's so easy to slip into drowning. Yeah. See, it's like, I think, I'm sure some of the most successful people have learned how to sort of adjust that and feel steady more often. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, my peers who are executives have executive coaches. And I've thought that that's a really interesting thing. Like, you, you have, like, a coach to help you. Because I always think that would be amazing. If you and I had a coach right here who was just, like, kind of guiding us through the, like understood that there was going to be downs and knew how to navigate us out of that and knew how to like mentally get us into place and, and direct our focus and make sure that we had the tools to, 
to deal with all the ups and downs. We don't, we don't have that. Yeah. I think that's like a huge part of it. A, a lot of the people I also respect have mentors and look for guidance in times of, I think the smartest people know that that's part of the game, the kind of drowning thing and create the tools around them to get out of it mm-hmm. because it's just part of the beast. You're doing something like you're taking a shot. Like it, it's going to happen. Yeah. I think the toughest thing is also just maintaining that conviction that it's going to work, that belief. Cause like there are some days where I believe 250% mm-hmm. at the end of the day and I'm, it's so easy for me to sleep. And then the, the next, literally the next day, the trajectory of the day will make me feel like there's no shot in hell. Yeah. This thing can happen. It's so interesting. I think maturity to me in this space is, uh, being able to stay calm in the, in the turbulent times and find focus within like, and I'm not saying I'm, I've reached maturity. I go up and down with the turbulence. Yeah. Uh, but I think as I'm recognizing what maturity means and like why people who are seasoned in one industry do really well is because they know what it looks like to stay even keel during turbulent times Mm -hmm. and can stay calm and be like, Okay. I get what's happening here. Like, this is okay. Yeah. I think, honestly, I get, I get a similar amount of anxiety that I probably got last year, but I'm not as afraid of it as I used to be. Like, when I exactly. feel it. Right. Because I understand where it's coming from. I understand that it will pass and that, you know, some of these, like, existential thoughts in my head and decisions I'm trying to choose between are in themselves a luxury, like, because my worst case scenario isn't, you know, that I won't eventually have like a home, like a roof over my head or like enough to eat. Yeah. Right. Like you only have these existential thoughts when you have the luxury of too many choices. Hmm. So like, I've thought about that a lot this year where I'm like, Oh, it's all okay. Like this is someone there's, I forget who it is, but there's some celebrity who talks about the difference between a problem and an inconvenience. Scooter Braun. Oh Uh, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Scooter Braun. He's talking about his wife, Yael. Yeah, I love that one. It's amazing. The difference between a problem and an inconvenience. That, you know, something like whatever we're dealing with is an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. But something that can't be solved with money, uh, like a true illness. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And maybe it was part of, you know, hearing that this year, because we did a lot of research into Scooter Braun when we were pitching uh, mm-hmm. to him as well, so. What's the best rom-com that you've seen? The best rom-com. Uh, as of late, uh, it's called To All the Boys I've Ever Loved. It's modern. It's on Netflix. Mm. Uh, it's got Noah Centineo in it. And I think... Lana, I don't know who that Lana guy is. Condor. I hear that guy's name all the time. He's yeah, all the rage, man. You'd be like, who I don't is know how you guy? don't know who he is. He's like the hottest dude in Hollywood, man. Okay. All right. You should feel really out of it. I'm... I'm out of it, man. I got gray hair in my beard. Um, for me, it's 10 things I hate about you. I just wanted to wrap up the pod, so I wanted to take us on a really sharp turn away. Oh, smart. Uh, and see if we could get to a place of closure. And, Do you uh, think we did it? Yeah, I think so. Also, if you haven't checked out, Colin drew Lil Nas X on Twitter. That was cool. Oh, I did. I may post that on my Instagram soon. Colin's also dealing with an Instagram existential crisis right now, and I can feel it through his posts. 
All right. Thanks what's, for uh, listening. What's, to- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what's, what's, what, do you, what do you mean? What's happening? You have upcoming posts that you are preparing for. Oh, that's tra- true. And you're trying to post more in, in preparation for that. We should save that for the next episode. Okay. What All that's right. about. All right. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. As we mentioned before, these podcast uploads will be a little infrequent, but you can definitely check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, across all the platforms at Colin and Samir. Right now, we are working on some longer form projects, but you can always send us an email, colinandsamir at gmail.com if you want to connect with us. And make sure to stay tuned to our YouTube channel. We have a really exciting project coming out. Been working on it for a couple of weeks, and uh, we can't wait to share it with you. It's going to come out in the first week of November. So keep your eyes out for a new upload on our YouTube channel. All right. Until next time, we'll see you later.